Welcome to CNN Slate. The name CNN Slate pays homage to our ancestral ways of knowledge sharing. Sienna, taken from the color of clay, used as a writing tool and a medium, and slate referencing a blank slate or a chalkboard, a stone. These are the stories that don't get told anywhere else. Through a collective of deep conversation, storytelling, sage advice, we celebrate the interconnected aspects of genius, resilience, scholarship, and well-being. Hello, hello. Hi, everyone. Welcome to CNN Slate Podcast. I am Dr. Keo, and in this episode, I share this space with Sharon McDougall. I'm super excited. Um, Sharon made history at NASA as the first Black woman to serve as a spacesuit technician, crew chief, and space shuttle crew escape equipment process department manager. That's a mouthful. <laughs> Plus, she suited the first African-American woman to go to space, Dr. Mae Jameson. She is the modern-day hidden figure. I'm so excited to have her here. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad we were able to connect. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I know that you um, have many speaking engagements, but I, I want us to share a space where you tell us what's on your heart. Give us the the low down, deep down nuggets that you want to share with future generations uh, and even past generations alike. This is an intergenerational conversation, if you will. Um, to start, my first question is, tell us a little bit about how you got here, how you became the modern day hidden figure. <laughs> well, we start at the beginning. <laughs> I'm from Moss Point, Mississippi, and I'm a number nine of 12 children. And things were pretty good, you know, as far as you know, as a child, right? You don't know how poor you are or how rich you are as a child. You just know yeah. what you know. Yeah. So I, my father passed away when I was four years old, so I didn't really get to know him. And then my mother was killed in a car accident when I had just mm -hmm. completed second grade. So I was eight eight years old, and she was killed in a car accident a couple of blocks from our house. So of course this devastated me because my mother was mm. everything. And I always tell the story about the day that it happened. Mm -hmm. When she normally grabs her purse and keys to get ready to go you know, to the store, run an errand, I usually just jump, automatically jump in the car. And this particular day I did the same thing. I had a box of Cracker Jacks. I jumped in the front seat when I saw her getting ready to go. And I was sitting on my legs, just eating and just happy that we're getting ready to go to, to the store. Mm -hmm. And this particular time, she looked over at me, she paused, and then she was like, you know, you stay here this time, baby. And I mm. pouted for a little bit, you know, until she gave me that look, you know, that mama look, like, get your butt out the car. So I got out, and I, I, I said she knew something was going to happen in her heart, because she had never yeah. told me to get out the car and stay home, you know, but this particular day, she felt something in her spirit that told her to tell me to get out the car. Because if I didn't, I would probably be dead too. She was killed only a few blocks from our house. She was almost home. And I say she gave me life and then she saved my life because yeah. I don't think I would have survived such an accident that, you know, it killed a mm -hmm. grown up. So it would have killed me too, I'm sure. And I would have been in the front seat just like she was. So the driver under the influence struck her car on the driver's side and in, with such force that it knocked her out the passenger side. And mm. so that's what yeah. So now you have all these children left and we were kind of separated amongst the older children. And I ended up staying with my oldest sister who already had five children younger than eight mm. years old. So now I'm a big girl all of a sudden. Never had to do anything all this time because I had all these other older brothers and sisters. But now I'm, big, I'm a big girl because I'm older than all her children. So I take on a lot of responsibilities and have to learn how to do everything quickly. You know, as far as, you know, combing hair and getting kids ready for school and cooking and cleaning and just everything. Mm -hmm. just. So after my uh, mom was killed, nobody took the time to tell the little ones that mommy was dead. So we didn't even know. I, I didn't know where she was. I was wondering where she was, but, you know, a lot of people coming over to our house with food. So I'm thinking just a party, you know? It's like, hey. Yes. But it was because my mom had been killed. And, you know, the you know, normal thing is people bring food. They, you know, try to help the family. You know, we had a large family, so they were trying to help out. And so the way I find find uh, found out was when we actually went to the funeral. We walk in the room, and there's a large, long box in front of the room. 
And I kind of looked and it looked kind of, it kind of looked like my mom, but I wasn't sure. And then I kept mm-hmm. staring and I realized that it's my mom. And, you know, that's how mm. I found out. Yeah. So they set all the kids on the front row, of course. Mm-hmm. And so after that, I didn't talk for a long time. I didn't want to do mm-hmm. anything. I didn't want to go to school. And I loved school. That was just like, mm-hmm. I loved school. I couldn't wait to go when I was, you know, in pre-K age. So I, I just turned into a totally different child. I had no joy. I just was, I was just there. And then one of my teachers helped bring me out of that, uh, Mrs. Jennings. She paid attention and saw, you know, and I'm sure it being in a small town, she probably heard my mom was killed. And yeah. so she started paying extra attention to me, giving me a little more hugs and, and love than normal, you know, to try to help me come out of it. And so I finally came back around to being a normal kid and enjoying school again. But I know mm-hmm. I was depressed. Of course, at the time, I didn't know what depression was, but I'm sure I was. Mm-hmm. I was I was just, I needed to talk to somebody or something. But Mrs. Jennings, you know, going out of her way to pay me that extra attention, that really helped me a lot. I don't know what would happen if she didn't. You know? mm-hmm. So life goes on. I'm uh, pretty much doing everything at home, like I mentioned earlier. And um, I get to my high school years and I'm like, what am I going to do? I had been told that because my father had served in the military that uh, my schooling would be paid for on some kind of grant or something. So I would just assumed all that time that that's what was going to happen, but that wasn't true. So I had no money to go to school. I didn't know what I was going to do until the Air Force recruiter came and spoke to our class. And that light bulb went off and he, you know, he said the Air Force pay for you to go to school, they pay for you, you got a job, you get paid for your job, you can travel, have a great career. And I was like, that's what I'm going to do. Yes. And so on my 18th birthday that February, I went and enlisted. Well, took the test and enlisted in the military and joined the Air Force. So after I graduated <laughs> in May, I went to boot camp. I think I was scheduled for that September is when I actually went to basic training. And that was a six-week uh, stint. And then after that, you, after you get assigned your career, of course, which was aerospace mm-hmm. physiology, my technical school was only right down the street from where I was at, at basic training. So I just went down to the School of Aerospace Medicine at Brooks Air, Bay, Air Force Base for, I think that was just for about a month, just to learn the physiology part and how to operate the chambers. So I had to work with the altitude chamber, which is a hyperbaric chamber, and the dive chamber, which is a hyperbaric. So mm-hmm. I had to learn how to operate those, learn how to teach classes, you know, and learn how uh being an altitude affects the body in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that was about yeah. military career in 1982. And I was there until 1990. But by being stationed at Bill Air Force Base in California, uh, the pressure suits were there. The SR-71 Blackbird and the U-2 Reconnaissance Aircraft were housed at Bill Air Force Base. So they wore pressure suits to fly in these planes because they flew so high and so fast. Mm-hmm. So that's where I learned mm-hmm. on the job training with the pressure suits that set me up to work with the space shuttle program. Yeah, let me ask you, let me let me back up just a little bit and ask mm-hmm. you from leaving your from leaving your siblings and and then going with your aunt and your cousins, mm-hmm. um, or your sisters My and cousin. all of them. So yeah. So how how was that transition then to go to the Air Force for you? What was that like? Oh, it was great because I was ready to leave. First of all, it's okay. a small, I love my hometown, but it's a small town. Didn't have much um, opportunity there. And I knew there was something mm-hmm. greater out there for me. I just knew it was something out there for me. I wanted to see the world. I wanted mm-hmm. to do something. I didn't want to stay in that small town. And so, no, that was the, ooh, that was, oh, I was, that was a great transition because I was ready to go way before that. But of course, I couldn't until I was 18. <laughs> so that, that wasn't a problem at all. I was ready. Yes. Yeah. So okay. That was good. The yeah. The best thing. The best Air Force. The best thing could have happened to me. Mm-hmm. 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 So then you go to the Air Force, and you're learning all of this, uh, these technical skills, right, mm-hmm. about the body and these chamber suits and and all of that. And um, so one of your major jobs was inspecting and maintaining the pressure suits yes. and the survival equipment. Mm-hmm. So it's life-sustaining equipment, as I always make sure people know that the suit isn't just a little costume. It's really necessary, and they really need it in case they lose cabin pressure or if they have to bail out of the aircraft. Same as for the space shuttle, same thing. So we have to make sure everything is uptight and out of sight and right. 
because mm -hmm. in the Air Force, it's just you. Once they train you, once your stamp or your initials go on something, it's just you. It's not a quality inspector or engineer or anybody else. It's you. Mm -hmm. Your your stamp of approval is on that work. So, you know, you take apart this suit, put it back together, you test it, retest it. Once you put the crew member in the suit, you test it again and they strap in. They might do one more test. Depends, you know. So it's it's very it was a very technical position, but it seemed it didn't seem that way because we did it every day, you know. So it didn't yeah. seem like it was a high pressure job or oh I take we just everybody was so good at what they did till you didn't feel like nothing would happen, you know. And if something mm -hmm. happened, that mm -hmm. it was gonna work because we made sure everything was right. Yeah, but their yeah. lives are literally in your hands. Exactly, and and it, and it it, yes. it it get to you sometime because you hope nothing happens when they have to use it, but. You know, and in your heart that it'll be good because we really, really are professionals and really serious mm -hmm. about what we do and take pride in our job to, you know, as far as doing mm -hmm. the right thing. So we have to not only the suits, helmets and gloves, but their survival seat had all their survival equipment in the seat. The parachutes, we didn't pack them, but we have to inspect them and make sure they were good before we loaded them in the aircraft. Same with the seat mm -hmm. kit. We have to make sure all this stuff is good before mm -hmm. it gets put into the aircraft. And then we go back to our building and suit up the pilots and bring them out and strap them in and make sure everything's yeah. connected from their oxygen to their five point system. Everything's got to be connected and set up right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in this job, you are doing your tenure. Actually, you've had a lot of firsts, right? So you yeah. were <laughs> one of only two women to suit technicians. The only black started, woman. Yeah. yeah technician. Mm -hmm. um, when you began your career, the first female and first black crew chief. Mm -hmm. Um, and then as the crew chief, you led the first only female suit tech crew. Yeah. Yeah. You we only had a lot of women. Yeah, we only had enough women one time in our department to have an all yeah. woman suit tech crew. So I was so excited to be a crew chief at that time to lead that team. Mm -hmm. yeah, special. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm sure this didn't come without challenges as well. Right. So being mm -hmm. the black woman, uh, being a woman, a person of color. So what are some of the challenges that you faced during your tenure, your career, especially being a black woman leader uh, in that role? <laughs> People always ask me, they're shocked when I tell them I didn't have any issues. They strictly judge me on my my work, merit, my character. I never had any That's problems. That's a blessing. With, yes, it was because people yeah. just expect, I get asked that a lot. So what, you know, what were some of the problems you ran into? I was like, mm -hmm. I actually was treated very well. And mm -hmm. another thing that I've never seen before was when I when I uh, got my crew chief status promotion, it was mm -hmm. a white male that was already in the position who wasn't, and I was doing the job and I wasn't in the position. So, you know, rarely mm -hmm. would something like this happen, but they demoted him because he wasn't doing the job and put me in the position because I was I was already proven that I, I can do it. Yeah. So in the Air Force, we yeah. did everything. And you come to the civilian world and it's really laid back compared to the Air Force. Mm -hmm. Whereas we're just constantly moving and constantly work, 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 work. They go yeah. really, the pace is really a lot slower with the space program <laughs> <laughs> compared to the Air Force, you know, when I first got there. So I was, yeah. you know, working circles around people because that's what I was used to doing. And I knew, mm -hmm. and I knew the job too, you know, I was mm -hmm. good at what I did. And, and yeah. it was recognized and I got promoted as I should have been. Mm -hmm. So I, I would tell mm -hmm. you, they didn't give me anything. I earned it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I was going to ask you, speak on that, right? Yeah, so you're, you're talking all about that. all of these things that you've, yes, you were proven, yeah. you earned all of these things. Mm -hmm. Tell us, tell us, or, or give us a little bit of wisdom, a little nugget in, in there from that story about, about what that oh, means. To Always be your authentic self is my main thing. Because mm -hmm. when I came in there, just like I'm talking to you, I was the same way when I came in there. Like, you know, what, mm -hmm. show me what to do. Let's go, let's go, let's go. You know, it wasn't any like, oh, I might break a nail or being all girly and stuff. You got to come in there mm -hmm. as that, like you belong there, first of all. Don't be coming in there talking about, oh, I don't know if I can do this and, you know, all that whiny stuff. No, you go in there with your head high and your shoulders back and let them know that you know what you're doing. If you, you know, if you're not, if you're in that situation like yes. I was, I was already qualified for it. So mm -hmm. you go in there proud, don't take no stuff, you know, mm -hmm. you give respect, but you demand respect back as well. Don't, don't let nobody walk all over you. Because if they mm -hmm. let them start treating you like a doormat from the beginning, that's how they're going to treat you the rest of the time. So I demanded respect. And like I said, I was respectful too. 
but I will stand up for myself if I felt like something wasn't right. A prime example yeah, is absolutely. when I first got there, I was, um, I didn't know about the ranking of the technicians. You have A, B, and C tech. And I came, mm -hmm. I came in already seven years experience and I was a mm -hmm. C tech. So I found out about this ranking and I went to my supervisor and I spoke up mm -hmm. and I got bumped up to the mid level to B tech because I spoke up. And then mm -hmm. from then on, when they start bringing people, anybody from the military that's already uh, qualified, they start at mid range instead of the very bottom. Because I said something it, it, and it was other people there before me, but they just didn't say anything. They just, you know, we were happy to have a job, mm -hmm. of course. Like yes. I, they could have said five dollars an hour. I still would have came because I wanted to I was ready to, you know, get a job because I had a hard time after mm -hmm. I got out of service trying to find employment. And I was a pissed until my friend called and told me that they had an immediate opening to the space program. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's how. And that's the other thing. Always show up and do the right thing and work hard, because if my friend when the thought I was worthy and that I was a good worker, he wouldn't have brought me, you know, spoke up for me at yes. this building and this room. He put my name in that room and told him I was awesome and all this. You know, he wouldn't have did that and bring, you're not mm -hmm. going to bring somebody to your job that's not good and make you look bad. And vouch for them. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so he mm -hmm. did, he did so much talking for me that when I called, he called and told me they had this immediate opening and I called. It wasn't even an interview. It was pretty much come out whenever you're ready. Mm -hmm. So he had already mm -hmm. spoken for me. You know, yeah, and I was ready. I had my speech ready to say I walk on water and everything, <laughs> but I didn't even have to do it because he had already spoken up for me and he had only been there a couple of months himself, you know. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, they know we did. I mean, they have the same suits because they got the suits from the Air Force. We didn't get the suits from NASA, they got the suits from the Air Force, mm -hmm. but they knew we already mm -hmm. knew how to work on it because it's the same suit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's how that happened. Uh, if I, I would have, I probably would have still been in California having a hard time. Because when I got yes. the service, I couldn't get a full-time job. And I was shocked because I was so good at what I did in the Air Force. I thought that they would just be like standing in line and hire me out in the civilian world. Nope. Mm. I had to, I, Nobody would hire me full-time. I had to work three part-time jobs. I couldn't afford to get my own place. So I was sleeping on my friend's futon. Mm -hmm. And this went on for six months. So at nighttime, I cleaned the office building. And kids and grown-ups too. I did it so good. They had never had feedback about how nice and clean the office building was. <laughs> so no matter what I did, I did my best. I'll try to be the best at whatever I did, even though I was yes. in the office building. Mm -hmm. And then uh and, and then I would have another part-time job that would give me four or five hours putting price tags on clothes at a department store in their basement. So it was horrible. But I, you know, I have to take what I could get. And then the other yes. job was stocking the shelves at Office Depot. So between all these jobs, I would have like five or six hours at each one of them. You know, they wouldn't hire full time. I had no benefits. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I thought I was an adult. I thought I was grown up in the Air Force, but I wasn't because mm -hmm. Uncle Sam was taking care of everything, you know. Yes. Which yes. all I paid for was my car note and my car insurance, you know, because I lived in the mm -hmm. dormitory on base. You know, we ate at the child mm -hmm. home. I mm -hmm. traveled all the time. So and then there was a rude awakening. You know, I wasn't paying no light bill, all the normal stuff that a grown up pay, you know. And so it was a rude awakening. When I got <laughs> adulting, started. as they call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, adulting. I had, I thought I was grown. No, ma'am, I hadn't adulted at all. <laughs> so thank goodness I had a friend that lived nearby and let me crash on her sofa. And I gave her a little mm -hmm. bit out of the little money I had, but it was hard. It was hard. I was just about to reenlist, as I mentioned earlier, because I couldn't find a full time yeah. job. And it was just, it was rough. I just, I couldn't take mm -hmm. it. And like I said, right before, and that's my friend, and he tracked me down. This is before Facebook, Google, cell phones. Yes. He had to look in the phone book. Mm -hmm. find my, he remembered my roommate from the airport, remembered her name, because I didn't have my own place or my own phone. So I wasn't in the phone book. Uh -huh. So that's how much he looked out for me. He went and found, remembered my friend wow. from the airport, called her. I don't know how many other people he may have called before her, but he called her, and I just happened to be at the apartment when he called the house. Mm hmm Mm -hmm. And I just, and he told me that I was so sleep deprived at the time. I was like, why is he telling me? Like, <laughs> it didn't click, you know, to, oh, this is, yes. job this, you know, until he finally just yes. said it. And, yes. then, and then the rest is history, girl. Like went out there. I was there yeah. for 22 years working with the space program until the space shuttle retired. And it was just mm -hmm. oh, the best. I thought the Air Force was the best job ever. And it was until, you know, then I got to work with the space program, which was better I was like, what? what? Except for yes. the Air Force, I got to travel a lot. So that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. 
That's awesome. So I, I say this thing, it's, um, it's one thing to chase your purpose, right? And it's another thing for your purpose to chase you. And, and I, that's, there you go. <laughs> second, that's what was happening. Is yeah. It chased yeah. you down. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I mean, even, and people say, oh, I was like, there was no moment where I was lying out on a grassy knoll looking up at the stars. One day I'm going to yeah. work with the space program. No, the Air Force chose my job for me from my test mm -hmm. scores. They say she mm -hmm. should be in aerospace physiology. Yes. That's how, that's how it happens. Yes. And then I got stationed uh -huh. at Bill. If I'd have got stationed at some other base, I would have just been strictly altitude chamber and dive chamber. Thank God mm -hmm. I got stationed at Bill because the pressure suits was the fun, interesting part. You know, it wasn't mm -hmm. boring. And we got to travel, suit up the crew members and strap them in in different countries while they go fly. So it, every two months, mm -hmm. we would rotate a different to a different detachment is what it was called. Yeah. So I got to go to Greece, uh, Japan, Korea, and England on a rotation. Mm-hmm. So every mm -hmm. two months, I come back two months in California, two months somewhere else, back and forth. So it was, I was really in California three and a half years, not seven, because I was gone half the time. <laughs> it was amazing. But yeah, my yeah. job chose me, just like you alluded to. My job chose me mm -hmm. both times. And then, and then to have somebody on the inside, make sure people, and not just kids, make sure you uh, have some good sponsors, some uh, people that you can that can mentor you. You know, yes. everybody's not a mentor. That's why I say sponsor. Because mm -hmm. you want people to say your name in those rooms when you're not there. You know, mm -hmm. I, a mm -hmm. lot of rooms I don't have access to. But I have friends that do. I have some uh, sponsors and mentors that are younger than me. Because they have. And so that's what I'm saying. Just because you're older don't mean you can't, you know, learn mm -hmm. something from a younger person. Because they have different skills that, skill sets that you don't have. You know, or access yes. to people that you don't have access to. Yeah. So just keep yeah. that in so, mind. And it's more like building those relationships exactly. yeah, that you're talking to. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Communication and relationships, boy. And along the line of communication, the way something else I mentioned to people, you know, to make sure you're reading requisitions when you're looking for, read it, read the whole thing. Because the title mm -hmm. may be misleading. In my case, when I yes. first started with Space Program, a suit technician, the title, when you look up the requisition, like in the job postings, it was mm -hmm. electromechanical technician. That was the name of mm. it. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's how they weed people out. You know, yes, you're not you reading think, oh, I don't have the skills for that. I don't know. Yeah. You automatically Absolutely. cancel yourself out just from the title of the job. And by me having that inside with uh, my friend Ray Villalobos, if he didn't just call and tell me this job is open, mm -hmm. I would have never looked at it. Electromechanical. I wouldn't have read all the stuff. I would have thought it was something to do with an electrician or something. You know, mm -hmm. I would have never mm -hmm. looked at it if I was just a regular person not reading the job postings. So just yeah. and then reach out to people on LinkedIn because if somebody's in the industry that you want to work in, we love to talk about what we do, our jobs, because we are so proud of it. We love to talk about it and tell you, you know, or give you any kind of assistance we can because we want you, yes. we want people to come to the space program. Even though I'm not there anymore, I'm still a huge cheerleader for the space program. And there's mm -hmm. so many opportunities. Yeah, an advocate. yeah, yeah. It's it's so many opportunities now with all the different privatized uh companies do, uh, going to space. So yeah. totally can you talk about that for a little bit? So if someone was interested in mm -hmm. this career, for say they're, uh, who knows, anyone uh, interested in this career field or even interested in, in knowing more about how to expand their horizons, what would you tell them? I would tell them to first go to the companies that they're interested in and go to their websites. And of course, mm -hmm. they'll have job postings on their website. But LinkedIn, I'm telling you, LinkedIn, that's, that's, the, hit, that's the hitter right there. <laughs> Because that's the business <laughs> social media. So you're going to see yes. their titles, you know, where they are, what company they're with, what they do. Everything's going to be right there. And say, okay, I need to yes. contact that person. Just reach out. Worst thing is they won't reply. But at least you try. You, you won't know until you try. Yes. Reach out to people. Absolutely. And if they don't know something, Absolutely. they can always connect, maybe connect you with somebody else, you know, mm -hmm. that can help. But mm -hmm. LinkedIn is the biggest key for me for the space uh, program. And, of course, if you know people that work there already, there you go. Yes. You know, call Yes. Them. And I'm thinking about some of my students. I teach uh, the undergrad and graduate students, but I'm, so I'm thinking about them and also the willingness to have a professional conversation. Yes. Right. So, yes, the professionalism behind it about uh, because you're asking someone for their time. Exactly. So, yes, very being respectful of someone's time so. if they give you time and mm -hmm. then also uh, following up if they give you yeah. a contact. 
Yep. You know, and if they say, hey, reach out to this person, then follow up. Uh, don't just drop the ball or let too much time pass because those are those are one memorable moments for that person that that connected you to someone. Exactly. But it's also meaningful and timely that you also because if you say, for instance, if you wouldn't have answered the phone or if you would have uh, put your friend off, you know, just for a little while, he would have thought, oh, she's not interested or she's not, you know, she doesn't want it or, yep. you know, whatever it may be. And that opportunity, your opportunity could have just passed yeah. you by, but that was yours. That's, that's why I tell people that was God. That was God's plan because yeah. I was very angry with God pretty much my whole childhood for taking my parents. And so I said he was trying to make up. He or she was trying to make up with me, make uh -huh. up to me by letting <laughs> <laughs> my adult life be so much better. <laughs> because yeah, I, didn't, yes. I didn't think he loved me mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. Absolutely. But I made it through, I made it through and, and things turned out wonderful, you know, wonderful husband and family and, and two amazing careers. Like, I still can't believe I, I was able to do both of those great careers. <laughs> <laughs> two in one lifetime. Exactly. Yeah. And I loved both, both. I mean, they were similar, but they're still different, you know. Yeah, absolutely. What did you love the most? Within the Air Force, I loved the traveling the most. Man, being a little 18-year-old girl out of Moss Point, Mississippi, and they're sending me to yes. Japan the first year I'm there? What? Yes. You know? I mean, the job, is, I picked it up really easy. And so mm -hmm. the traveling was just amazing to me. And I'm getting paid for this. Mm -hmm. And we don't even work yes. every day while we're on travel. You know, it's just like, this is heaven. <laughs> <You know? laughs> this is what heaven's like. You know, I'm getting paid. Then I get extra pay for traveling. Girl, it was the best. And then, and, uh, mm -hmm. of course, you know, the space program, just the pride in working with the space shuttle program, you know. That's yes. like big time, yes. NASA, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the pride factor alone is oh, I'm so proud. And then to be one of the best in my department. So, yeah, girl. Yes. And I always tell people, Absolutely. Toot, toot. I carry a little horn in my purse. Toot, toot. <laughs> <laughs> and if no one else toots yours, you better toot your own. Yeah, thank you. Let them know, cause nobody knows how much you know or how good you are until you tell them and show them. Mm -hmm. And you can show Absolutely. them all day. Sometimes they're not paying attention, so you gotta let them know. Let them mm -hmm. know. Don't and continue shy. to Don't remind them. Let them know. Yeah, yeah. So, what's one of the most memorable or even embarrassing moments <laughs> that you had? In, <laughs> in I'm either so hard to embarrass, so it'll have to be memorable. <laughs> <laughs> so memorable, of course, for the uh, space program is suiting up Dr. Jemison, our first Black woman to go to space. That's one of my most memorable. Yes. And of course, yes. uh, and then when I was promoted, each time I was promoted, I was just like off the charts excited. But um, making history with Dr. Jemison is definitely at the top, definitely at the top, because mm -hmm. I got mm -hmm. there just in time. God, again, I got there in 1990. She got assigned in 1991. If I'd have gotten there in 1991, I wouldn't have been assigned to her because I'd have been too new to their processes. Oh. But because I'd already mm -hmm. been there a year, I was good. So, I mean, it was just meant to be. It was meant to be. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Tell us a little 92. bit about what that was like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about what that was like okay. to work with her. So, <laughs> you can tell I love it because I just. I know. <laughs> What happened was I got there in 1990 and got you saw the way everything works there with the space program. Cause like I said, I already knew the job. Just had to get used to their policies and procedures. And I heard the first sisters getting ready to go to space. So I'm like, what? I'm the only one here. Y'all already know I'm suiting her up, right? I'm already claiming it before she even come through the door. <laughs> <laughs> and so in 91, when she got assigned, they have to come, whenever astronauts get assigned to a mission, they have to come to see us to get a a suit fit check. So they okay. come in, we have their street sizes. So we'll have various sizes laid out to make sure we get the right size, you know. So they'll try mm -hmm. on all the different sizes till we narrow it down to what they're gonna be wearing for lunch. So uh, it's a small room. The fit check room is like a large closet. It's not big okay. at all. You got a lazy boy, you got the tester, and you got a little dressing room to put on your underwear. So when she walked in, I don't think she saw me cause I was kind of back off in the corner and then it was just me and then all white people. I want to say it might have mm -hmm. been about six or so people in there. Like I said, it's a small, mm -hmm. so we're kind of mm -hmm. crammed in there. And, you know, the first black woman, so, you know, 
Anyway, when she walked in, somebody directed her to uh, go to the dressing room and put on her underwear, which are long johns. They're not like regular underwear. Long, okay. They wear long johns under the suit. So she went in, and when she came out, I was standing by the, the lazy boy chair. And we kind of looked at each other. You know, yeah, you know, you feel like, ah! <laughs> yes, it's a sister. And I, I don't know if she felt that way, but that's what I, the vibe I felt. You know? <laughs> yes. yes, I got you, Dr. Jemison. I got you. So she sits down, I introduce myself, and she sits down, and the suit is lying on the floor, and the helmet and gloves are sitting on a table by the test stand. Uh-huh. And I'm walking her through everything, and I'm just still feeling like all giddy inside, but I'm professional on the outside. But I'm like a little kid inside, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's the first black woman that's going to go to space. I'm just geeked out. But like I said, nobody could tell. <laughs> So I put, you know, I walk her through what I'm doing and explain everything to her, telling, you know, I'm going to put this on and the covers off of the suit so I can see the different lacing and everything so I can adjust it for her size. Okay. I walk her through it, put it on, put the suit on her, zip it up. And my, the the suits are made for men at this time. So they're straight up and down. They don't accommodate the curves. So I had to move her Mm -hmm. to a little bigger suit because of her, you know, her hips, you know, Mm because it's like this. Even me, I'd have Mm -hmm. to go to a bigger size, even though I don't have no real big hips, but. It just don't allow, mm-hmm. it don't accommodate that. Mm-hmm. So I got her in and I was everybody to do like you do when you lay on the bed to zip up your tight jeans. You lay back. Yeah. And I had her lean forward because the zip was in the very back and got it down over her. <laughs> and mind you, she wasn't big. It's just once again, the suits are like this. Yes. Yes. And she had a little bitty waist and then she had some curves. Mm-hmm. And so we got her in the suit and she sat down. I put her boots and the rest of her stuff on, and I had the pressurizer. And like I said, I'm talking to her the whole time, explaining everything to her, what she's going to feel, and all this, and asking her how she feels to make sure she can clear her ears mm-hmm. and things like that as we're going to altitude mm-hmm. inside the suit. We take them up to three, about three PSI, and then we'll deflate them and let them feel how it is. And then after that, if she said, you know, if I see that the arm looked like it might have been too long once it got pressurized, I would get mm-hmm. some lacing adjustments where I can tighten it up and make the arm shorter. Okay. Same thing for the legs and the waist area. So we get her suit all fitted up on her and everything. Right commu- right size communications cap, right side. The helmet's only one size. All these still the kids, they got mm-hmm. a super big head. They can't be an astronaut. <laughs> got this only one size. That's so good to know. All, you know, suited and booted. And then she leaves. And so they have about 20 training events, suited training events they do before they actually launch. So I get to see her all mm-hmm. the time. And keep explaining everything okay. to make sure they, you know, she and they do other training besides with us too. And mm-hmm. so we're not going to be there with them in space, right? So we have to make sure mm-hmm. they know everything and then know how to pack it up properly and put it away. Because once they take that eight, eight and a half minute ride to space, they take all that equipment off and just have on like okay. t-shirts, sweats, whatever they want to wear. And so they have to pack it properly so they don't damage, you know, something because mm-hmm. they got to wear mm-hmm. it when they come back home after a week or two mm-hmm. or however long they're in space. And then while they're there, they help each other. They have a buddy system and help each other put it on to come back. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, you yeah, want to talk about her- morning? I, I'm just in, enthralled about you talking about working with her. <laughs> I don't, girl. Okay. So Hi. this is like training, right? And so launch morning. But anyway, launch morning, she walks in. You can feel the electricity in the air. She comes over and then now it's not just like in the fit tech room. This is the whole suit room that you guys might see on TV for a few seconds. If you watch, ever watch launch morning, mm-hmm. you have um, seven lazy boy chairs, you know, four on one side, three on one side. And all of the team is in there. Each one of us has an astronaut we're responsible for. Sometimes you have two astronauts, but uh, that day I just had Dr. Jemison. Mm-hmm. So she comes in, she sits down and I, you know, and we've been just like chatting like girlfriends throughout all her year of training. I mean, she's just awesome. She's awesome. I'm sure she still lives, but she was so awesome. Yeah. So cool and personable. You know, you think she could have in every right been a little arrogant if she wanted to because she was a bad girl. But she is a yeah. bad woman. Yeah. I mean, yeah. speaking different languages, a doctor, the Peace Corps, a dancer, astronaut. Mm-hmm. Had her right to have a little arrogance if she wanted to, but she nothing like that. She was like yeah. cool as a fan. Just nice. But anyway, she yeah. said I had to suit her up. It's, you know, we've been through this a bunch of times already before launch, like 20 or more times already. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're just chatting and stuff, and we're looking at each other like, how you feeling? How you feeling? She's like, oh. And she's so cool. I'm, I'm hyped. I'm, I'll be like, ah. And she's like, cool. <laughs> so I'm going to do the same thing I did during Fit Tech. Suit her up. 
test everything, make sure her she's getting uh, air to her helmet. Her dual suit control is pressurizing the suit properly. Her uh -huh. ears are clearing when I depressurize her. Everything's good. Uh -huh. So after that, you know, we have a, I left you a little quick clip of me actually just finishing pressurizing her on that morning out there in Google land. Uh, but uh, uh, girl, I still like telling you right now, it's like it just happened. This is like, I know. And then she, <laughs> before she leave, I, I don't know if you guys ever watched, but when they walk out the building and they're waving and all the cameras are out there. And yes. Stuff, they just left the room with us. That's they just left okay. the room with us. We just finished suiting up and getting them ready. And they only have on their mm -hmm. suit and their boots because everything else is already, uh, the helmet is in a bag with the gloves and the communications cap. And it's already in the Astro band, the big silver band that they ride out to the uh -huh, shuttle link. Uh -huh. So they walk out and wow. they're waving and stuff. Girl, and I'm just like, oh my God. It's, you know, with, in, in about three and a half hours, she's going to space because they get suited up mm -hmm. four hours before they go. Yes. And we, I hugged her before she left and, and said, you know, Godspeed, best wishes, yeah. see you when you land. Because when they land, we have to be there to recover them. Uh -huh. And let me tell you about this woman when it landed. Okay, so it blasted off. She made history. And you know, she did one and done. She's like, okay, I did it. Next. She, <laughs> she <went on> board. <laughs> so when they land, girl, Dr. Jimson, we we're prepared with wheelchairs and you know sometimes the yes. crew members when they get out because they've been in space you know for a week or two and so they mm -hmm. have no gravity so they're little noodle legs and are they're a little green around the gills from coming back into the earth's atmosphere some of them are throwing up and just don't feel good mm -hmm. so we're ready to you know help them mm -hmm. to their chairs and they usually prop up on us or something and everybody's coming off and looking a little puny and stuff and i'm like where is my girl i'm looking you know like where is she yeah she last one come off, girl, walked off like she hadn't even been in space. <laughs> Didn't affect her at all. Just strong. She come walking off like, I'm ready to, you know, let me help you. No. Uh -huh. Just walked off like, hey, I thought I was just in the other room. <laughs> Didn't affect her at all. So I helped her take all of her equipment off. And, you know, she made history, girl. And I wasn't even thinking That's about awesome. I was making history by being the only black woman in my department, you know, too. I'm just yes. excited, so excited for her. And like, what's about to happen? I felt like we were family, you yeah. know, like, that's, my, that's my real sister getting ready to go to space, you know. For I sure. Was so, excited. so, so when did you, when did it hit you? Like, like, oh my gosh, I'm a part of this. This is like, I'm a major part of this. You know too. how it is when, when you do it every you? day, you, you're not thinking about, only, the only part I thought of is that, oh, that's first sister. I want to be, I'm suiting her up. Cause you know, mm -hmm. that's first, let's go mm -hmm. to space. And like I said, the historical aspect didn't hit me for my, I knew she was making history, but I, I wasn't thinking about me being yes. the first black technician in that department and all that. I can't even tell you when it hit me, but I know uh -huh. uh, as far as I thought everybody knew what I had done because I'm not mm -hmm. hidden, right? I'm in pictures with right. astronauts, not just Dr. Jones. I suited up many astronauts. I'm uh -huh. in little video clips here and there with them. I mean, I'm here in Space City. Of course, they have to know. Mm -mm. People that yeah. live right here didn't even know. Mm -mm. And so what prompted me to say, you know what? I guess I need to say something. When the movie Hidden Figures came out. Yes. That, that's when I did it. That's all when these it... years. All these years. I'm thinking everybody just know what I did already. Really? That's when I, if you go back, my story didn't come out until November 2017. And that was after I saw that movie. I started saying, you know what? I had already thought about writing a children's book, but not to talk about my life, just to talk about the suit yes. and what I did. You know? Yes. And when I saw that movie, I couldn't believe it because I had never heard of not one of those women. And I had been out there 22 years. Uh-huh. Worked there 22 years. Not a PowerPoint mention of none of them, not a plaque on the wall, nothing. I, you you wow. it's like they didn't exist. Yes. Yep, I had wow. heard nothing about it. So when that movie came, I was like, you know what? I might need to say something. And I felt bad that I waited so long, but I had no idea people didn't know. I just, yes, that's all people knew. Because mm -hmm. I wasn't mm -hmm. hidden. I was hidden in plain sight, though. I always said I was yes. hidden in plain sight. I was right there. I was in the picture with Dr. Jemison. Nobody ever asked who was the other sister. Nobody ever asked. Her. Exactly. I was invisible. <laughs> wow, and not until the movie. That's when I told my story. That's when I reached out to my hometown newspaper, uh, Tyler Carter, a young man I contacted. I found him on uh, Google. 
And I mm-hmm. contacted him and told him about it. And he went and looked on Google and he was like, that's you? I was like, yeah. <laughs> that's you in the picture with Dr. Jefferson? Yes, that's me. And so he wrote the story and, and got on the front page of our hometown paper, the Mississippi Press. Yes. And after that, and got put on social media and it took legs. It took legs. Yes. I, but I hate, I wish yes. I would have said something sooner. Once again, I didn't know, mm-hmm. people didn't know. Because mm-hmm. kids could have been aware of this career field and all the other yes. career fields where you don't, that don't require a college degree with the space program. Absolutely. Because I'm sure they think of NASA and they think you got to have 5,000 degrees to work there. Yes. There's so many other behind the scenes jobs people don't even know about. Yes. So many. So many. Yes. And so so that, speak that's, to that's that why I kind of kick myself for not saying nothing sooner because I, I didn't know though. I, I didn't know people didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. So then, um, so, so then that, that leads to the question, what, what would you tell your younger self? Now that oh, I would you know definitely tell my younger self that everything's going to be okay because I felt ugh, my childhood, it wasn't bad, bad, but it was, it wasn't good either. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't, after my mom died, I didn't get all that little cuddling and, you know, little yes. motherly stuff. Cause I, you know, it's my sister. And all her kids are younger than me. And she was only 23 when my mom got killed. So she was still young, mm-hmm. too, even though she was married with her own family. So I I, I think it might have made me, oh, girl, I don't even know how to describe it. I felt, I used to feel so alone and so yes. sad that I didn't have mm-hmm. my mom. And then you know how it is. You see other kids with their moms and and mind uh-huh. you, my sister let me live with her, and you know, I had, but I had to do everything. So I had mm-hmm. a problem with that, that the her kids didn't have to do anything. I had to do everything mm-hmm. by myself. Yeah. So it, it I, I'm, I'm just, I'm happy that I was strong enough to deal with it and make it out of it, because I could have easily been a statistic, the little Absolutely. girl that got pregnant because I was looking for love Absolutely. somewhere else because I wasn't mm-hmm. getting it, that motherly love, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. I never did drugs or drank alcohol or none of that. Even though it was mm-hmm. available and presented to me, even I was smart. And I always tell the kids, you know, just because an adult is doing it, don't make it right. You know, right from wrong. Yes. Home. And I knew yeah. right from so wrong. Where did, I was like, no, no. Yeah. I'm where not. did you get that from? How did you cultivate that resilience? It was, it was within me, you, girl. I guess it came yeah. from my mom. It was just within me. I knew I wanted mm-hmm. to leave, and I just I don't know. You know how you just know something's wrong. It wasn't even the mm-hmm. good and the bad. Like I maybe I should try it. It was always just no. My friends would yes. I would be with my friends, and they would be like they're gonna do whatever, and I'd be like I'll be around the corner waiting. Mm-hmm. It was just in me. It was just in me, and yeah. I can't I can't even credit nobody to somebody you know influenced me because mm-hmm. I didn't have that that guidance. You know mm-hmm. I love my sister. I love my sister, but I was her sister. Sure. So sure. she you know she was more lenient when it came to you know. Stuff like that. Like, I didn't really yeah. have to go to school if I didn't want to. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I so it was just, mind, it's girl, just who you that. are. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was mm-hmm. just in me. And like, say, in God, of course. And I always say my mom and dad yes. were guiding me too. You know, mm-hmm. even though they weren't Absolutely. here, they were within my, in my spirit, you know. So they guided me on the right path because so easily could have fallen off the path <laughs> so easily, so many times. But yeah, it was yes. with them. And then uh, my senior year in high school, well, in high school, because I, I, Mrs. Owens, she's passed on. Mrs. Jennings mm-hmm. was, was a huge influence to bring me out of my funk and depression from elementary mm-hmm. school when my mom got killed. Mm-hmm. But then while I was stressed out and not knowing what I was going to do, Mrs. Shirley Owens, say her name, she mm-hmm. made me feel like I could do anything, be anything. Yes. I was the best thing since sliced bread. And I'm sure she did mm-hmm. it for other students, but I felt like it was just for me. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of she, course. She was that type of woman, her voice. I mean, you just hear her voice and you automatically stand up a little taller, you know, mm. and, and act better. Just soon, just hearing her voice, not in a scary way, but in a proud, a pride voice. Yes. I could uh-huh. see her down at the other end of the hallway, not even making eye contact, but just see her. It would make me just mm-hmm. feel good about myself. Cause mm-hmm. I know how she feels about me, which in turn made me feel good about me. Yes. And she spoke it yes. into me too. And, I, and she saw me stressing over what I was going to do. And she's like, Sharon, whatever you do, you're going to be successful. And she told mm-hmm. me I was going to be great. She wrote something similar. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly what she wrote in my little memory book, but she wrote something to that effect. You're going to mm-hmm. do great things. You're going to be great. 
And you don't think about that stuff when you, you know, getting ready to go out into the yes. real world. But she spoke that into me. She did. Mm-hmm. She did. And I appreciate mm-hmm. her all the time for that. I used to go visit yeah. her when she was still alive and told her how what an impact yeah. she had on me. Oh, and then, I, mm-hmm. of course, I got to give, give it up to my Air Force recruiter. Because if he didn't come speak to our class that day. Right. I don't know what right. I would have done. I always call him my knight yeah. in shining armor. <laughs> <laughs> rescuing me from Moss Point. <laughs> yes. Isn't it amazing how people champion for us and they have no they're idea important. what they're yes. doing. But for us, it is just so impactful. Yes. yes. And another champion, yeah. and she don't realize it, my principal from high school, uh, I think her name was Dr. Burkett, if I remember right. Uh-huh. When uh-huh. I enlisted in the Air Force at February, you know, school, we didn't graduate till the end of May. Mm-hmm. They wanted me to come into the service early because that was during the air traffic controller strike. So the first job they offered me was air traffic controller because they were trying to bring us in to get us trained up because of the strike. Yes. Right. So I went to her and asked her, could I graduate early? Cause I had the grades, I was a smart kid. Mm-hmm. And she said, no, I don't want to set that precedence. And thank goodness mm. that she said no, or I would have been an air traffic controller crashing airplanes into each other. <laughs> I don't think I would have been good. So wow. <laughs> by her saying no and not setting that precedence, I got the job I was supposed to get, aerospace physiology. So that's another yeah. one, you know? I mean, just, and my sister too. My sister could have been like, no, let her go to a foster home or something. Absolutely, absolutely. So my, I don't mm-hmm. want to play down what my sister did for me because she could have easily been oh, like, no, no, I got yeah. five kids already, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So she took me in and she let Absolutely. me know. Absolutely. So it was a lot yes. of people that had a hand in me. And you know, like I always say, and like you hear a lot in different talks, nobody's successful alone. Nobody. No, absolutely nobody. not. And my supervisor mm-hmm. could have been like, oh, well, the guy's not doing the job. It don't matter. She, she, yes. she's, she's doing the job for free. Why should I mm-hmm. promote it? She's doing mm-hmm. it anyway. He could have been that kind of guy, but he's like, no. She's yes. doing the job. Yeah, so the integrity. in that position. She's getting promoted to that mm-hmm. position. You know, he, yeah. and that was, I'm going to say his name too, Kevin Hart. I heard he's getting ready to retire here soon. He could have oh. even been that supervisor. Yeah, he's still out there, girl. I was strictly yeah. stationed on the side. And so, um, I, I, so after Space Shuttle retired, it retired a lot of people that were strictly on the Space Shuttle side. But uh-huh. yeah, he, he, no, he saw that and he was like, you know what? Mm-mm. He did it right. Yeah. Like most people should do when they're in those positions, you know? Mm-hmm. Treat people mm-hmm. fairly. If he's not doing the job, I mean, he literally would have his feet up on the table. Literally. This guy that wasn't doing the mm-hmm. job. <laughs> wow. Yeah. He got tired of it. He was like, Mm-mm, this ain't right. This girl is doing this job yeah. left and right and, and running circles around him. Let me go and do right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and to have that integrity to say, you know, this person is better suited for this exactly. position. Regardless of anything else. Yeah. Yes, she is the person for this job. And that's why I say I was treated, I was treated not nothing to do with my color, my skin, but mainly basically from mm-hmm. doing the work. I did the work. Mm-hmm. I don't have a degree, but I got a whole lot of experience yeah. and I'm good at what I did. And that's fantastic that Kevin was there to, to yes. see beyond everything else yes. that was happening in, in that time period. And every, mm-hmm. yes, yes. And then um, another one, <laughs> Mark Greeley. He was my last manager while I was there before before the space shuttle retired. He actually was in the Air mm-hmm. Force with me back in the day for a little while. Uh-huh. He was stationed with me. And so he ended up being the my boss over our, our whole department. And so the manager position came open. Mind you, remember, I don't have a college degree. Yes. I interviewed against 21 other people. Mm-hmm. And I think most of them had degrees. It might have been about five of us that didn't have degrees. Mm-hmm because we'd been working at the department. We was like, I'll just give it a shot. And I wasn't thinking I would really get it. I was just like, I'm gonna just do it just to see what the interview process is like, cause I've never mm-hmm. had to interview for a job. Yes. You know, I went straight from yeah. the airport to- Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll see what well, it's like. I was like, let me get some experience. <laughs> cause we're, you know, the shuttle's going away soon. <laughs> Girl, I interviewed and I ended the interview with, let me know when I, was, when I start. <laughs> cause I was just, you know, being me. Like, okay, let me know yes. when I stopped being the boss. And I left. Right. And it was a panel. It wasn't even just him. It was a panel of, uh, it was, hold on. It was him. It was Kevin Hart. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> I was feeling good. You know, I was feeling good because they were on the panel. And then there was a lady from another building, but she was in the company. And then somebody else, I don't remember that guy's name. But anyway, yes. there were four people. Yes. Girl, when they told me I got that position, I, I thought they were playing with me at first because I'm like, all these folks with degrees and everything. But I had mm -hmm. all those years of experience actually working with the equipment. And I've proven my mm -hmm. leadership already as a crew chief. Yes. yes. And I got that position. And yeah, experience you, sometimes trumps education. Yeah, oh yeah, most definitely. Yeah. And and I bled orange. I always tell them because I, I loved I loved my job. I loved it. Uh -huh. Loved it. Mm -hmm. And I want I wanted to continue to do suit technician duties as even though I was a manager. And they were like, yes. No, you can't. You have to be the manager. Yes. You know, but yes. I'm like if somebody's out and you need somebody to step in, because I love being a suit tech. And I didn't think I would mm -hmm. actually get that position. That was just like just doing it, just you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I got it. That is so awesome. one of the things I'm proud of with that being in that position. Uh, I always tell people that's in a position to help people. I didn't just go yes. by the little HR keywords, code words. I actually bring people yes. in and talk to them. I actually mm -hmm. hired mm -hmm. people that had zero experience. I said if they got a little mm -hmm. common sense, they could turn a screwdriver. I can train them on how to mm -hmm. be a suit tech. It's on the job training. It's not a school you go to yes. for it. It's on the job mm -hmm. training. And some of the best technicians were regular people that had no military mm -hmm. background with it or anything. Yeah. And they came in and they had the comprehension level. You got to be able to comprehend, you know, you got to be able to read mm -hmm, procedures mm -hmm. and stuff. And turn out to be some of the best. And, mm -hmm. and as I say, don't hold people to just those little keywords in an HR requisition or whatever. Yes. Actually talk to people. Yes. Everything's so electronic now. You know, you miss out on mm -hmm. so just They would have missed out on me. You know? Absolutely. So give people a chance. Absolutely. And always remember to reach yes. back and get people too. You might know somebody. Hey, I know so and so that might be a good suit technician. Let me go holler at them, even though they haven't even put mm -hmm. in a position. I tried to get some black women to come into the department. They weren't interested. Yeah, right. So I was the only right. black woman the whole yeah. time. <laughs> yes, and you've championed for a lot of people as well, yes. right? The people yes. that you don't even know that you've impacted yes. their lives, and yes. yeah, who have come Man, through. Uh, you actually, and, I, I paid yes. it forward from like Ray told them about me. I made sure when I heard of some Air Force people that were interested. I went to bat for mm -hmm. them. I told them, hey, so-and-so, and, and the ones that weren't so good, I made sure I said that too, because they don't need to be coming there, mm -hmm. you know. Right, right. <laughs> messing up something. Right. So I told both sides, right. you know, if they were good, I'd be like, yeah, let that person, y'all need to bring them here, because they blip, 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 blip. I worked with them so, yes. so many years, and I just, you know, yeah. get the same thing. And then That's another thing cool. I'm proud of, of course, is the thing about, you know, they bring everybody in at mid-level, at least, from the military. Uh-huh. And I also brought in, I made our department more diverse because it was mainly white people. And mm -hmm, so I made sure mm -hmm. I uh, brought in more black people and more um, and brown people into our yes. department and gave them a chance, an opportunity mm -hmm. that they probably would have never got Absolutely. if somebody else was the manager. Absolutely. So I, I tried to do my part and, you know, practice what I preach, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So let me ask you. Um, What's what's the one question? Because I know you you've done interviews and these speaking engagements and all of these things. But what's the one question that you wish people would ask you? Oh, you know, I don't even think about that because I'd be talking so much. <laughs> I even feel like I don't answer everything. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. That's a good one. Then hmm. let me ask you a different question. Let okay. me ask you a different question. What's the one thing from our conversations or even the conversations that you have with others that you hope people will just take away? To always bring somebody back, bring somebody else up when you get in that right. position. And then you don't have to be a manager. You could be at that job. It's like my friend Ray. He had only been there a few yeah. months. And he was quick to speak up for me, even though I had no idea. And he didn't know how I was going to take it. You know, mm -hmm. he's still like, y'all need to get her. So yeah. make sure you speak up for people. And you're always trying to bring somebody else up. You know, that's my, that's yes. my main thing, please. And the yes. other thing for the younger folks. Don't let a degree define you. Mm -hmm. You are wonderful. You are great. You are smart. And you can do great things without a college degree. And not saying yes. not, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. I'm not trying to say don't get a degree if that's what you want to do, but it's not for everybody. You have certification programs, yes. you have the military, and you have this on the job training. So don't feel mm -hmm. like you're less than somebody that has a degree. Yes. You know? So then there are opportunities will be great. all around. Yeah. yeah, there are opportunities everywhere. Exactly. We have to be able to see the opportunities. Exactly. Yes. And exactly. it, not, it may not be in a traditional sense. So it may be a non-traditional exactly. way 
that comes, yes, and someone looking you up in the phone book (laughs) (laughs) to say, hey, what are you doing now? Because I need someone to do this. And then you just say, I'll try it out. And oh, that's the other one. I'm glad you said that. Be willing to just take on a challenge or an adventure. I had no idea what aerospace physiology was. I didn't care. I was like, whatever it is, I'm going to learn it. (laughs) I I had no idea what that was. Yeah. And the pressure suits, when I got to the base, on the job training, you got to be open to new experiences and not Mm -hmm. be afraid. Like, you know, don't shut yourself down already, you know, before you even, just like with the job title thing, you automatically cancel yourself out. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Be like, let me try. Mm-hmm. Cause most guys, they, they are not going to cancel themselves out. So women, I'm talking to y'all right now. Get that horn out your purse. Toot, toot. <laughs> <laughs> and if you can't toot your own horn, then find a girlfriend or somebody else to toot it for oh, you. Oh, I'll toot it for you. So, if I know, if I know about you. Yes. Oh yeah. Girl, I talk, I talk people. Find us. We'll toot it for you. Yes. If you're not yes. ready to toot your own horn, we'll toot mm-hmm. it for you until you're ready. I know people are like, oh, that's bland. Yes. I'm like, no, they need to know. Obviously, they don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you and there's a way. To, there's a way to do it. There's yeah, a way to yeah, talk yeah, yeah. about yourself and all the things, all the wonderful things you're doing. Yes, yep. yes. Yep. So people can see you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. I so appreciate our conversation. But there's one last thing. So, in our segment, we have one called off the cuff. So it's off okay. the cuff segments, and people send in random questions, very random questions, okay. and we just choose a question. So we thought it was befitting to ask this question that that Jay from Missouri sent in. And they said, uh, if you were to go to the moon, who are the, who are the two people that you would take with you and why? Ooh, that's hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take my husband. Okay. You know. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> He's actually a scuba diver with the space program. So oh, he might good. be okay. okay. capacity. Yep. You know, he helps yep. the astronauts train to go to space. <laughs> and oh, I'm gonna have to bring my grandbaby because <laughs> I'm gonna want family around me. I know people probably thinking, Oh, you'll say an astronaut or something. I'll figure it out. Yes, I've seen enough yes. movies. <laughs> oh, my husband, so I'll have to pick between my two kids, exactly. Exactly. And from, from your skills and your husband's skills, you all can work something. We'll figure it out, yeah. girl. We'll figure yeah. it out. I have no doubt that'd be a, a wonderful adventure and challenge to, to figure out. Yes, yes, that is awesome. Yes, so shout out to Jay for submitting yeah, the question. Yeah, because you know, uh, real life, I would have said some crew members, some astronauts, you know, but yeah, we ain't yeah. talking about real life right now. Jay, I'm taking my husband and my grandbaby. <laughs> That's so funny. That is so oh, funny. Oh, look, before we go, Please go and subscribe to my website, SharonCaplesMcDougal.com. Yes, that's the next thing. So before we sign off, yes. what are you working on? How can we support you? Y'all see my beautiful yes. children's book, Suit Up for Launch with Shay, is out on my website if you'd like to order it. I'm available for speaking engagements. You can book me through my website as well, SharonCaplesMcDougal.com. And also, um, I have coming up, well, I was just at the Smithsonian. <gasps> I saw that. Two weeks ago. Oh my God. I thought I was going to die. I was like, go on, just lay me down right now. They invited me out to interview me, yes. do a chat with me, and to let me read my book in front of the space show. Yes. I was so You are outdone. just. Yes. <gasps> this life has done you well. Girl. Girl. This life has done you well. Yes. 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 Yeah. And yes. And they're talking about bringing me back. Sometime next year. That's awesome. So you'll have to invite me and then let us know. And yeah, and we'll and be also there my second book is well. uh being illustrated right now. It's suit up to dive since my husband's a diver. Suit up to dive oh, with that's Shay. Cute. Uh, Shay'll be going yes. to a dive. <laughs> yes. So all of all of this information will be in the show notes. So you can oh, find you. out oh. where absolutely you can find out where to contact and to purchase books. Um, and of course, I'm going to purchase a couple of them because I have some little ones that need Thank some gifts. So, it's yes. It's a wonderful book. You guys will love it. You. You'll love it. Yeah. Yeah. We love to support you. Um, so keep us posted on all of those new things, and we will definitely keep supporting you as well. Awesome. Thank you yes. so much. So as we end our time, thank you for listening and watching. Watching, uh, Please subscribe to the show, share it with a friend, write a review, uh, leave a five-star rating, and follow us on social media as well. If you have an idea for the show or would like 
to be a potential guest uh, or are interested in learning more about Sienna and Slate, then reach out to us at hello at Sienna and Slate, and we will see you soon. Take care. As we end our time, thank you for listening and watching. Please subscribe to this show, share it with a friend, leave a review or a five-star rating, and follow us on social media. If you have an idea for a show or would like to be a guest on the podcast, then reach out to us at hello at cnnslate.com.